0: Welcome to the Rush Hour, your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy Hump Day. Last day in January, we've made it through to the end of January on this hump day, and Boy, I don't know about you guys, but it just feels like time is passing us by. Boy, we can't slow it down, can we? All right. Well, last night we watched Vanderpump Rules. We'll talk about that in a minute. We've got, of course, some Taylor Swift stories that just, you know, they just don't die down. And some other uh, Vanderpump slash Bachelor crossovers, Jason Tartik, and a Clayton Eckert update. Let's start with the Clayton Eckert update. There's going to be, I guess, a video I'll be making – right after this podcast later on this morning, where we see Jane Doe's accuser actually contacting the sheriff's department in Broward County, Florida. Megan Fox had reported on this and uh, was dealing with the Sheriff's Department because it was actually crazy. They found out that the Sheriff's Department had sent messages, emails, uh, to uh, Liz Neptune, fellow content creator, shout out to Liz Neptune. And in those emails, they were pretty much siding with Jane Doe saying, yes, we understand that you've been harassed. Either way, it's absolutely wild, but it's it's important to share because you get to see the framework for them manipulation that takes place and just exactly how Jane kind of gets in the head of the sheriff's department has them convinced she's the victim. And then she uses that to punish the person. I mean, it's, it's wild stuff. So uh, make sure to get ready for that YouTube video. I'll be having that. And again, like I said, a Vanderpump recap in a second, but first racehorse Gardie's legacy tests positive for methamphetamine and PETA wants trainer banned. A racehorse tested positive for meth after winning a run in Ohio and the trainer's slap on the wrist punishment has pissed off PETA. I mean, look, I mean, methamphetamines, uh, don't you want your horse to win? If you're not doing meth, you're not trying. That's what I say. Now, uh, either way, I'll only find $1,000, but again, I would have to say how, how much was the dose of meth? Uh, Did the horse ask for it? Maybe the trainer didn't give it to the horse. Maybe the horse. No, we're just kidding. Uh, But either way, has the horse tried to run faster with Monster Energy Drink? That might help your speed out there. Here, You don't need methamphetamines to stay awake, folks. How about coffee? Robert Downey Jr. launches a joyful new coffee company. Says, I credit coffee in part for my sanity. The Oscar nominee debuts his happy coffee company, In an interview with people, to me, it is family, it is home, Downey Jr. says of his love. I mean, how genius of him to release Robert Downey Jr.'s coffee. Um, The star who just landed his third Oscar nomination for his role in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer has been running on it. Every morning, I roll out of bed, I hit my knees, I have one of several prayers Usually, have gratitude for just being like, please let me stay out of my way, and then I roll downstairs for coffee. The actor tells people I credit coffee in part for my sanity. Well, good for him. I mean, look, I love coffee too. If given the choice between alcohol or coffee for the rest of my life, it's coffee. He says, when we have some big day ahead of us, she's like, wait, 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 don't talk to him yet and she'll bring me a cup. That's the deal, right? You just want someone to know, don't bother me till I've had my morning coffee. And it's a huge industry, so it'll be interesting to see if his Happy coffee, I don't know, uh, moves the needle, as it were, in the uh, world of coffee. I mean, I'm a coffee connoisseur. I've started a new tradition here now that I'm in Nashville. Um, I have a few more minutes before I have to get to work here with the content. So I'm trying to feed myself first, metaphorically. I'm having my morning coffee, enjoying it with a writing session. And I mean, because, you know, there's this thing called morning pages. I don't know if you heard of it, but there's a book called The Artist's Way. Uh, I think it was by Julie Cameron, right? Artist Way. And it's really about expressing your creative self, taking yourself on artist states. Uh, and what that means is do something for you. Water your own plants. And for me, what is so hard to do, the resistance is so hard, but what I love to do is to write. That's what makes it so hard to do because the situations are never perfect and we resist that of which we love, which might be writing or organizing our closet or calling our mom. We, we procrastinate things that are important to us. So, Think about what's important to you and maybe try tackling that first thing in the day. Maybe try carving out a very specific and very cherished time for you to take care of those things. I can't say I've done it every day because, you know, we've had some days, you know, since I've been here for the last week and a half, we've had, you know, internet guys and gas line guys and like, you know, all, all the different people, water mains, you know, everyone coming to the house to turn things on. So we've had a lot of people interrupting us. But I'm trying very hard to start my day with a nice hot shower a hot cup of coffee, and getting my morning pages done. And I have to tell you, it's felt really good honoring myself and you know doing something for me and then when the day gets out of control and other things happen I'll at least know hey I got my morning pages done I think that's a special thing find out what that special thing is for you and boy what a wild day it was yesterday I did Alana Noel's podcast recipe for crazy former bachelor producer we actually had a fantastic hour and a half long conversation of which I messed the audio up I was supposed to record on my end it was a whole thing so then we re-recorded a completely separate yet Also, very good conversation. So um, I'm not sure when she'll have that up, but I'll let you know when it goes up. I think you'll enjoy it. And by the way, Vanderpump, should we jump? You know what? I'll tell you what. Let's do a quick story, and then we'll get into Vanderpump. That way we can hit it up after the break. Jason Tartik would have told himself to wake the hell up. Before moving in with ex-Caitlin Bristow, he says in an exclusive people interview, he's got an excerpt for his new book, Talk Money to Me, and the bachelorette veteran reveals what he wishes he asked his ex-fiance before they live together. I'm going to cover this uh, probably in a YouTube video today, but he says this, through my research, I found that money fights are the second leading cause of divorce. Right behind marital infidelity. Statistically, we have learned that just the act of not talking about money is creating separation within our relationships. Talk Money to Me is another step in my desire to push financial transparency and teach money management skills to people of all ages. Of course, we love trading secrets and all things Jason Tartick is doing over there. And I completely agree. I mean, money can be a taboo topic. Money can be used to control others because, you know, sometimes in a relationship, somebody's making more money than the other and there's this power dynamic and sometimes one partner is doing all of the free labor of taking care of the house and the family and then the person with the money makes all the control. So it's really important to have as much transparency as possible within your uh, specific family. And uh, it sounds like Jason Tartik's God, just the right book for people. Well, I tell you what, we are going to, speaking of money, uh, Ariana Madix, Ariana, Ariana Madix, is that how you pronounce it? I always forget her name. She has made quite a lot of money from being cheated on on Vanderpump. Not many people get to get cheated on, which obviously would suck, but then make a cool penny off of it. And now finally, they're back to season 11 of Vanderpump Rules. I'll have that recap for you right after the break. Did you watch Vanderpump Rules last night, season 11, the premiere? Now, uh, it was a wild one, but there's obviously going to be a lot brewing. It takes place months after the scandal that broke the internet, the story where Tom Sandoval cheated on his longtime girlfriend, Ariana Maddox. Of course, because of that, she said, all these different commercials and endorsement deals. Everyone's championed her, uh, but will she be able to ride that success any further? I just, I tell you what, I can't say enough praises for the editing style of Vanderpump Rules There's just something about it. There's these really sexy testimonials. They're very well shot. They bring in social media. They bring the parasocial relationship that the audience has right to the screen by sharing who tweeted what, who said what. Nothing's off limits. I have to say, is it trash TV? Absolutely. And it's so funny, though, to also see, um, you know, essentially, not not to say people in their 30s should have their shit together, but you essentially have, I don't know, what, six to eight, maybe 10 cast members that have all been rewarded for about 10 years now. They've all been rewarded for their debauchery. And now they're getting into like their mid to late 30s, and it, they're just getting zanier and zanier. Well, Tom Sandoval was on Nick Vile's podcast, The Vile Files, and he claims Ariana Ma- Madix be belittled him for years. He said he cheated because I had low self-worth. Have a listen. This person, throughout our relationship, talked to me like I was down here all the time. And it's unfortunate that like my way of acting out against that was like me also like just getting belittled, belittled, belittled all the time. Like, dude. And... (sighs) I hate, to, I hate to say it, but, like, I acted out because I had such low self-worth. Well, that might be part of it here. But, of course, you do what you do because, uh, you know, you have to take ownership over what you do. And he said he had low self-worth in part because she belittled him, which, again – Puts a little bit of the blame on her in the end. You did what you did, buddy. Uh, did she belittle him or did she hold him accountable? I don't know, you know. But either way, the relationship is no longer. Season one, uh, season eleven, episode one. What we watched last night ends with Sandoval finally returning. As we know, he was filming Special Forces, uh, but I thought it was good. You had, uh, you had just a lot of the. Filling in the gaps of the several months from the reunion, which of course was a very hostile time. I mean, we had La La sending a voice note to Raquel, which, by the way, I didn't have a problem with that. I know Ariana was like, "Why would you?" Do? I don't have a problem with that. It's like if you feel like if you feel like you were harsh on somebody, you know. Obviously, Raquel, Rachel, Levis, the uh, the sort of uh, other woman in this scenario. Obviously, I mean, she's she's the only one. Who at least at least Sandoval is still on a TV show and making money off of it. At least Ariana, even though she got her heart ripped out of her chest, is making money on it. You know, you know they're doing all these endorsement deals and all of that. They've never been more famous. Raquel, she's just like she was just like the bad person, and of course she did what she did. Uh, but you know, all these people that are on the show, I feel for all of them because. They're not exactly the most mentally stable, but I don't know what, let me know what your thoughts were. Do you want me to go further in depth with my Vanderpump coverage? I certainly can. Um, I, they're so ridiculous. They're all so ridiculous. I mean, Lala, like, who are you? She, Sheena is my favorite. For whatever reason, Sheena to me just comes off the most normal, which doesn't say much because they're all just all over the place. you got the bromance between Schwartz. What's really interesting is bringing in a little bit of cancel culture to it, right? Because Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz start a business called Sandys and Schwartz or whatever the hell, Schwartz and Sandys, Sandys, whatever it's called. And they have to deal with the repercussions of this giant canceling, of Tom Sandoval. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just interesting uh, because you have Tom Schwartz who um, took a lot of heat because he was part of or stayed friends with Tom Sandoval. But I have to say, I've thought about this. If I had a friend who did something really shitty, wouldn't I be a really bad friend if I just abandoned them in that moment? It's almost like everybody wants him to choose everyone else over his friend, but in some kind of weird way, I kind of feel like you have to give credit to somebody who sticks by their friend. Now, maybe Sandoval's a terrible friend to him, and maybe he's, you know, uh, enabled maybe, maybe there's a lot of enabling happening between shorts where he lets Sandoval be kind of just a rotten version of himself. I don't really know the show that well. But either way, I watch it and I go, you can't blame a buddy for what his friend did. You know what I mean? All right, well. In other wild news, Marilyn Manson ordered to pay Evan Rachel Woods six-figure legal tab for a nixed lawsuit claims. A judge ordered the rocker to reimburse the Westwood actress, Westworld actress, for three hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars at a hearing on Monday. All right, well, that's a pretty penny. Uh, but either way. Uh, I guess you can't sue somebody and then not sue them. Is that, is that what that was? He started a lawsuit. So then she had to mount a big defamation response. And then if he drops his lawsuit, she's like, um, hello, I had to pay a lot of money. I wonder, I wonder if uh, Jane Doe, who's suing me, I wonder if she drops her lawsuit on me, if I can sue her for lost wages. That'll be interesting. I'm not really sure what the answer is, but we'll find out. All right, let's go into our Taylor Swift era of the show. How Taylor Swift can make it from Tokyo's eras tour to the Super Bowl to cheer on Travis Kelsey. Yes, this is a big issue people have. She's got a show in Tokyo and then the Super Bowl happening right after. How will she do both? Taylor Swift will still be able to support boyfriend Travis Kelsey at the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas next month, despite being on the international leg of her era's tour. The endgame singer is scheduled to perform in Tokyo Saturday, February 10th, one day before the Kansas City Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers at Allegiant Stadium in Nevada. However, a source confirmed to Page Six on Monday that Taylor will make it back stateside just in time to attend the big game. It's a brutal flight, but she'll get on her plane right after the concert, the insider told us. By the way, that's a pretty badass jet if she's so her concert is at eight PM Saturday. And then it ends at 11 p.m. She takes a 12 a.m. flight from Tokyo, in theory. And then um, the next day, I guess she would arrive at 10 a.m. It's a 10 and a half hour flight with a 17 hour time difference. And then he has to report to the stadium between 10 a.m. and noon on Sunday for the 3.30 p.m. show. So she'll arrive in Vegas at 5.30 p.m. So she would arrive very late. Maybe, I mean, I mean honestly, they're, they're going to have the jet engines revved up for her to start that show. If you've ever wondered if a musician will take the stage on time, it looks like Taylor will. Can you guys even believe we're having this kind of conversation? We are. Uh, And in other NFL slash Players Wives news, Kristen Yusik, remember her? She's the one who made all of the fun uh, designer jackets for Taylor Swift and others. She takes players jerseys and turns them into like puffy jackets. Well, she has now landed an NFL deal after creating viral jackets for Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes. How exciting is that? Her reputation precedes her. Kristen Yusik uh, went viral after Taylor and Brittany twinned in her custom-designed puffer jackets at a Kansas City Chiefs game earlier this month, and it looks like the Taylor effect has struck again. Reps from the NFL confirmed to Page Six Style that the organization has penned a licensing deal with a designer, as first reported by Sportico. Yusik29, 29, who is married to San Francisco 49ers fullback Kyle Yusik, am I pronouncing this right, signed a contract with the Football League for an undisclosed amount that will allow her to use NFL logos on her designs. Swift and Mahomes, who are dating Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey and married to Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, caused a fashion frenzy when they rocked Kristen's custom red puffers to the team's January 13th game against the Miami Dolphins. So good for her. I mean, style icon, literally making waves. And she's, uh, you know, dating a guy on the other team. So it's really a win-win for her. If the 49ers win, she uh, celebrates with her husband. If the Kansas City Chiefs win, her designs will be flaunted by Taylor Swift. Not too shabby. All right, uh, Netflix is in the news. We'll get to that story. And I promise our last Taylor Swift story, but there's one more for you. We'll get to those and a little bit more right after a word from our sponsors. Did anyone experience a glitch yesterday? I had someone message me that the podcast cut out at the 22 minute mark and I double checked and they were like between 23 to 25 minutes long. So I don't know if you're having an issue with Apple Podcasts. try Spotify or vice versa. But I think we've ironed out those issues. All right. Netflix in the news turning into cable TV. Uh, the article says it's got suits it's got old movies it's got WWE what more does Netflix need to be a perfectly fine cable channel this past weekend I was sitting in a hotel room in Memphis staring out at the parking lot turned ice skating rink wondering t- wanting to just have a couple of hours with my brain turned off I opened Netflix hoping to find a movie that would give me an evening's respite scrolling down to the top 10 I was met with a who's who of the 2010s and 2020s Cowboy and aliens the 2011 flop with a great- great cast was on the list. Queen Pins, the 2021 flop with a great cast. At the time of the list was The Legend of Tarzan, a 2016 flop with a great cast. Rounding out the top 10 was a Sylvester Stallone flick from 2019 and a handful of new releases I'd never heard nothing about until I saw them in the top 10 list. So yes, it goes on and on. There's obviously a lot of junk on Netflix. I think is the point. The problem with Netflix algorithm is sometimes you'll see um, you'll see like a a movie or TV show that's in the top ten, but it's really garbage. But because it's in the top ten, people click on it. So obviously Netflix now that it's past, it's like sort of you know, king of the streaming era. You know, because a lot of good stuff's on Hulu. Um, Amazon has a lot of stuff. Jack Reacher's amazing. There's a lot... HBO, of course. There's a lot of competition out there. Netflix, get your shit together. Get a, you know, do a better job of new product development. I mean, I can't watch a new Netflix TV show until it's been on for a few seasons because they just keep canceling stuff. And I want to know if a show is going to you know be around for a while before I invest my hard earned time into it. All right. Our last Taylor Swift story. Trump allies pledge holy war against Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift hasn't even endorsed Joe Biden's 2024 campaign, but Trump is already privately grousing he's more popular than her. First of all, nobody's more popular than Taylor Swift, okay? Nobody. Singer-songwriter Taylor Swift hasn't even endorsed President Joe Biden for re-election yet. That hasn't stopped members of Magaland's upper crust from plotting to declare, as one source close to Donald Trump calls it, a holy war on the pop megastar, especially if she ends up publicly backing the Democrats in the 2024 election. I tell you, there's something broke in the world out there. There's a conspiracy theory that she's going to do the halftime show, which again, I don't even think she'll be back in her jet by then, that she's going to do the halftime show of the Super Bowl and then endorse... President Biden in front of everybody. I mean, I don't know. People uh, literally need to get back on their medication out there. All right. Speaking of medication, Peaky Blinders' Paul Anderson blames drug arrest on wanting to please fans. He is often recognized and does his best to please fans of the show by slipping into character. Oh, boy. How's that for a nice alibi? No, officer, I didn't do it. I was just in character. Peaky Blinders actor Paul Anderson has pleaded guilty to four charges of drug possession and has been ordered by a court in London to pay around $1,500 in fines. Anderson was arrested on Boxing Day, December 26, after being found in possession of several drugs, including crack cocaine, amphetamines, and two prescription substances, diazepam and pregabalin. I'm probably butchering that. According to the Daily Mail, Anderson was caught after attending a pub near his home, which contacted local law enforcement after its manager noticed crack cocaine fumes coming from the disabled toilet after the actor walked out. Boy, you can't even use the disabled toilet to smoke your crack. I mean, are you at a club or are you at a club? What are we doing here? Law enforcement then found Anderson with a young man and a 17-month-old baby and brought the actor to the police station where the substances were discovered. I want to know more about the young man and a 17-year-old, 17-month-old year old 17 baby. The hell's going on over there? He said uh, his lawyer said that he was recognized and he tried to play up for these people. And because of the lifestyle he leads, people often give him inducements. Ultimately, this allegedly result. This allegedly resulted in Anderson's drug use that night. He has found himself in an unfortunate position and should have had the strength to say no. Hey, I get it. It's a tough world out there. You know, sometimes, one thing you know, I do a stand up show, then I'm hanging out with fans. Next thing you know, I'm doing crack cocaine with a 17 month old baby on my back. I mean, what can you do? Party. All right, and our final story it's kind of a sad story. Jay Leno looking somber in his first sighting since filing for conservatorship with wife Mavis. Jay Leno stepped out in public for the first time. Dressed in a Canadian tuxedo, the Tonight Show alum was photographed meeting with a few men at an airport in L.A. on Saturday afternoon. Jay Leno, 73, appeared somber in solo photos, but perked up as he shook the hands of his companions, whose identities are not known. The Jay Leno's garage host requested the conservatorship over Mavis, 77, on Friday, stating she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Uh, So sorry to hear that. I know, obviously, that has to be heartbreaking as um, they, you know, uh, deal with this news. Uh, But either way, Jay Leno, nothing but a good guy there. Always loved him on The Tonight Show. He got a lot of trouble for being like too hack or, you know, whatever. But I tell you what, he held that job for a very, very long time. And he said he never cashed his Tonight Show paychecks. He always made his living off of stand-up comedy and he just saved the rest. Well, hey, Leno, if you want to send some of that our way, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. All right, well, we're going to have a lot of content to get to today. I'll be live on Patreon. I'll be covering all of Bachelor news and so much more and we'll round it up this afternoon with more content. So I appreciate all your support. Put your money where your mouth is. If you enjoy this content, share it with a friend. We got to keep growing. Get us on some other podcast. Tell other people you need to hear about me. We would love to cross-promote and do whatever we can. So appreciate all of that grassroots love y'all are giving us. And as always, I'll be back later. I'm Dave Neal. This was The Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't join the free facebook group dave neils community got cash become a premium member at patreon.com slash dave neil link in the description below and don't forget to follow dave on instagram at dneels for upcoming stand-up shows see you tomorrow on the rush